2: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. My name is Chris Chad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age zone coverage. Bring me the news. And the Brookings Register, and we do this every Monday with a late-week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day, but however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And we can spread the word to the masses. As you can see, I got a different co-host, Mr. Nick Marty, filling in for Adam Patrick today. What's going on, Nick?
3: You know, life's good right now, Chris. I, uh, I've i got a couple of awesome daughters at home, one of which has discovered her love for basketball. So this winter for Christmas, she wanted Paige Becker's jerseys and Caitlin Clark. I know it's Iowa, but you know, it's like the one Iowa player that I'll let her walk around the house wearing. We're going to like a ton of gopher women basketball games right now. So like she's discovered her love for sports. So life is good right now.
2: They're really good. Actually, the Gophers are not like at the same level as Iowa because they have like one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. (laughs) But I I mean, you know, there's some years you would. okay, I'll take one for the uh, for the dad points and take my daughter to a women's basketball game. But they're they're playing very well under Don Plitzelite. So that's that's a pretty good deal.
3: Yeah. And it's great because I get dad points, right? Because it's like, hey, I'm taking the kids out, but I get to go to sporting events now. Like my daughter went to Raw this summer. She wants to go to sports. She's like the coolest person I know. And so not only do I get to then get out and get to these things, but I actually get credit from my wife for like being a good dad. Like, wow, look how great you are. You, You took her to Raw last night. You can take this night off. I got baths tonight. It's like double win double
2: wham like uh the only thing i can compare to is like my uh godson who uh he's still not into like sport i mean he's starting to wrestle so there's a little bit of a uh like you know of course amateur wrestling he's not doing hardcore death matches at age five (laughs) which would be pretty cool and awesome and yet terrifying if he was but um I, I have not been able to get to that point, so I, I'm hoping the wrestling thing will open the gateway, and then there'll be more sports. Right now, it's just a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario, and he's in the Star Wars too, which um, not really my thing. But um, maybe I'll have to actually watch the watch the videos <laughs> one or videos, movies, whatever they're <laughs> called. I don't know. They're like these three hour things. Give me a three hour wrestling pay per view instead of a movie every damn time. <laughs> just just, uh, you know, my attention span can only last for so long. Let's talk it. about the Minnesota Vikings, though. Of course, we have you on to talk about some things uh, related to the purple, and one of them is Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfa Mensa having an end-of-season presser on Wednesday afternoon. I don't even know what day it is, but uh, they had one since the last time we talked to you all. Uh, Quasi Adolfa Mensa the big headline was that He said that it it is my intention to bring Kirk Cousins back for next season. The full quote by Quacey goes as follows. I thought we were playing pretty good football before we got injured. It's the most important position in sports. Now, ultimately, it always comes down to can you find an agreement that works for all sides and all of those things. But as a player, it is certainly my intention to have him back here. So these quotes came two days after Kirk Cousins said it's not about the dollars. It's what the dollars represent, which I feel like that should be like a money quote and a rap song, just like Kirko with the black and white chains and the rap album and everything else. And he also mentioned that structure was important. So all of these things considered, what do you make of Kweisi's comments regarding Kirk cousins the other day?
3: Well, I mean, to me, it seems like both sides want to get a deal done uh, it sounds like it is there for the taking if you are willing to invest. I mean, Kirk has never been one that has come for cheap, right? He has maximized every dollar that that man can make throughout his whole career. You know, I think I think the guaranteed money is going to be big. Um, but it's also getting to a point in his career where I think Kirk knows that he's got, you know, two to four years left. And so I think you can have it both ways if that's what you want to bring Kirk back, but still look to a younger replacement in the future without hurting his feelings, a la Aaron Rodgers, right? Who anytime, you know, you even talked about the future, the guy could be, you know, 39 years old and he's still like, I'm your future. Um, And so it's there if they want it. Now, whether bringing back Kirk is the right move for the long-term health of this franchise is a bigger question. But I took both sides as it's there if both sides want it.
2: Excuse me. Yeah, it sounds like the Vikings have a price in mind, which is exactly what that I want them to do. Just kind of, you know, if they if they went in like uh, you know, like grandma at Toys R Us and started throwing money all over the place, I'd be a little bit concerned, especially when you look at Kirk Cousins. Everybody who has listened to the show knows my feeling on Kirk Cousins. If he comes back, that's fine. That that is totally fine. I want it within a specific price point. Now, PFF simulated or projected that his contract's going to be two years, $60 million. And if that's the contract, it's fine. But, but I also say, Hey, don't change your mind. And if Kirk's like, I want $50 million a year, don't do it. Like, say, like be okay. Okay. This is fine. You know, you want to go get your money. I understand it's your last big contract. If that's important to him, let him kind of do it. Um, I, I just think that, you know, kind of listening to the thing, I think something near $40 million gets it done because Kirk made $35 million last year. And if I'm him, why would I want to take a pay cut? Because two years ago, you lead the Vikings to eight comeback victories. This year, you play out of your mind for the first six games. The Vikings record was two and four. But he still played really well, and then the Vikings had an absolute shit show at quarterback. So I I, I don't know what it will take to get it done. Um, I, I'm i not surprised that the Vikings want to get something done because I think that's maybe the best case scenario for the Vikings moving into this. But um, they, they just have to be careful, I think when they lock into Kirk because They can't do a three or four year deal because I think that'll set the franchise back.
3: Well, I think Kirk has a lot of leverage now. I mean, I know people have talked about, oh yeah, he's injured. That's going to bring his price down. And I, I kind of think the opposite. Like, I think you saw what happens to this team when you don't have competent quarterback back play. And to me, it felt like the dollar signs went up with every, you know, Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins interception that was thrown. Um, if you want to keep him here. To me, Kirk has all of the leverage in this moment. If he wants to stay where his family is, I think he could get it done and $40 million a year seems like a really good price. I would be okay with that. Um, but if he wants to try to make bigger money than that, I think a team would give it to him. He would just have to leave. So to me, it, it really comes down to what does Kirk and his family want over the next few years? And, and he kind of has the leverage, but I agree with you. I just don't want the, I want the Vikings to go in with here's the maximum more amount we want to pay. And if Kirk wants bigger than that, you say, thank you for this little stretch of time. You know, thanks for the memories. There were the good times. There was bad times. But hey, it was fun. And we we turn the page to whatever comes next for this franchise.
2: And I think in the very early stages of this, the interesting thing is that everybody took it. The hometown discount. Uh comment and ran with it, right? He did the same thing last year. He wound up saying, Hey, I'll take less money, but guarantee my 2024 and 2025 uh salaries, and I'll come back, I'll take a little bit less money. Like, you know, Daniel Jones is making 40 million dollars a year. Like Jordan Love's probably gonna get more than that, even though he looks like a legit quarterback. Again, Kirk Cousins, an established threat in this league you know, you look at a team like Atlanta, maybe Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. Like there's a bunch of Denver might need a quarterback, especially one that plays on schedule and within structure under Sean Payton. Like there will be a market for his services and there potentially could be a bidding war for his services. Uh, Again, I, I just think, you know, the take that I've heard with this is that the Vikings will sign him and draft a quarterback, but I think that's why, as a fan, in my own personal opinion, I want him to go. Because the Vikings haven't had a plan for their team since 2019. Back in 2018, there was a plan, let's sign Kirk. We have this, like, nucleus just ready to explode, and Kirk couldn't get him over the top. There were a lot of factors, offensive coordinator, offensive line, head coach that hated him. Uh, Kirk's own ability to kind of bring them over the top. There was just a lot of things that happened with that 2018 team, and they get the win in 2019 in New Orleans. But since then, it's just been kind of like, okay, well, we just want to get in the playoffs, and so we'll just see what happens. Like we we can win four straight road games or whatever it is, and that stuff. And it's just like, well, well, that's not a plan. Like I want to see a direction with this team, and maybe taking a quarterback in the first round kind of signals it. But if I'm signing Kirk Cousins, I want to like build around him rather than, okay, well, we're going to sign you, but we're also going to build for the future. Like it just doesn't make sense to me.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of pair it with the quarterback draft this year. The the only way I want Kirk Cousins back is if they do push all the chips in the table for a quarterback, because as weird as this sounds, like Kirk Cousins is too good to really want back. Be, and, and what I mean by that is, if you don't go in, if you, let's say you sign him to a two-year deal, that means he's your quarterback this year and next year, which means you have two draft classes to basically find his replacement. Kirk Cousins is good enough. You are going to have a pick most likely in the late teens, early twenties next year. So waiting until next year actually makes it harder for you to find that franchise guy. Um, and so for me, if you're going to bring Kirk back, I want you to push your chips in. I want you to go get his replacement this year. Cause I think you're going to be in a worse place to get it next year. And my biggest fear is two years from now, we are still sitting here with no plan. We've had two 10 and six years with Kirk cousins, which is typically what you're going to get from him. Be in the mix, but never really be a true contender to really win it all, which is where my goal is now. I'm tired of like I've seen the playoffs. I've seen the NFC championship game. I want to be more than what I've seen. Um, And so if Kirk comes back and you don't draft a quarterback this year, I think in three years, you're you're still in this mediocrity, not knowing what to do. So it's, it's a complicated situation because you're not just playing for this year. It's two, three years projecting down the line what you think you are now versus what you think you're going to
2: be in two years. Yeah, let, let's think about this here. So the Vikings have the 11th overall pick. Let's, let's say they're sitting there at 11. They bring back Kirk Cousins. And they're like, OK, we got Kirk. Let's look at the quarterbacks. Well, the top three picks in the draft, Chicago probably needs a quarterback. And if you do trade with Chicago, they're going to try and pull the Sonny Weaver Jr. Like plus deal because you're within the division and they have to play that quarterback twice. Like, could you imagine? I mean, they get roasted for Patrick Mahomes. Could you imagine trading Caleb Williams and being like, (laughs) yeah, we traded him to the Vikings because everybody liked Justin Fields so much. And that was a bad idea. Like probably not going to happen. Washington definitely sounds like they're looking for a quarterback, but they also have Rick Spielman in their corner who. Wasn't very good at finding quarterbacks, so that that's something. And then you have the Patriots news today where Bill Belichick's going to retire, but you're going to have a new regime in there. A new regime usually equals new quarterback unless they deem that infrastructure to be so bad. Maybe they do want to trade out of that spot, accumulate picks, build everything around the quarterback position, and go dive in in a separate year. Those are all possibilities, but it, but if that happened, let's say top three quarterbacks are gone, which in my book right now are Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniel. I mean, I'm not trading up for Michael Penix Jr., I know his arm talent is really good, but his knees are like ribs in an air fryer that have been in there for 12 hours. Um, and he's also had a shoulder injury, so that's not great. Uh, Bo Nix high completion percentage, a lot of things. He's like the weird candidate right now. Nobody really knows what to think about him. Like, I, people are watching the Heisman thing, and they're like, well, his girlfriend's are, like, we, we we can't draft him. Like, okay, this is really becoming draft day here. And then, you know, I, I think beyond that, who else? Am I, J.J. McCarthy. Like, nobody knows what to think about him either. And he seems a lot like Daniel Jones to me, where he's like, yeah, this guy's got all the traits. He's good. Oh, but he can't throw a football because, <laughs> you know. They, they've just ran the ball all the time at Michigan. So if that happens, you know, you're sitting at pick 11. I'd almost trade down in this draft. I would trade down. I would take an edge rusher at 11 and maybe you can get Penix or Knicks or if you really like McCarthy, take him in the second round. I am not taking any of those three quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. Yeah, so- I agree to me.
3: Yeah, I agree. Like the, the the two things I the two scenarios that I would that make me happy are one, if you can get up to get one of the big three quarterbacks and you've identified one and you get I mean, there's all these rumors that they were willing to trade the franchise for Anthony Richardson last year. You know, if if Jaden if Jaden Daniels is your guy, you go up and get him, right? Go up and do it. Just finally do it. Be that team where everyone goes, Oh, did they pay too much? Probably, but they got their quarterback. I don't want any of the next 3 at 11. If if that's the case, I would love to see a scenario where you trade back, still take one of them, but I'd feel a lot better if that pick comes in the 20s and you pick something else up with it. Um I just I don't see a scenario where where we bring Kirk Cousins back and we're any we're in any better position next year. Now, the wild card in this is we don't bring Kirk Cousins back. We don't take a quarterback. And then we legitimately go, well, next year is going to be really fun. uh, And we might get into the top 10 and be able to take someone. So, um, man, that Kirk Cousins decision hinges everything
2: you do moving forward. And let's say plan B happens. Let's say plan B, I I guess plan B would be the trade down option. Like, how good are the Vikings next year? Like, if you just go, we're bringing back Kirk and we're building around him. 10 wins, Mm maybe, maybe. Because you won 13 when everything went your way. You won seven when everything didn't go your way. Like, this is probably a 10-win team with or without Kirk Cousins. So, to counter that, I would say, like, remember when the Buccaneers signed Baker Mayfield? And they're like, why the hell would they do that? Well, Baker Mayfield's in the playoffs right now and probably going to get a playoff win on Monday night because the Eagles are going, they're circling the frickin' drain right now. I, I mean, I, I could see either situation. I don't think it's a oh my God, you have to bring Kurt at, back at all costs, make sure it happens type of deal. I, I guess that's what I am saying right now.
3: It, I mean, <laughs> everything just is, this is fascinating. I've never gone into a Vikings offseason quite like this, where I legitimately see seven or eight different paths that this team could take. And it feels like this is what either cements this duo of Kwesi and KOC as like, the duo, the Tomlin, Belichick, like, hey, the Vikings have their stability, or this is the off season that three, four years from now gets them both fired. Like, doesn't it feel like this decision is their make or break um, for their foreseeable future, which is crazy and fun and, well, I guess kind of fun, but it's, it's going to be super interesting <laughs> to see what,
2: well, what they I do. And the thing is, too, when they got hired, Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, they had four-year contracts. Everybody kind of went, that's odd. That's really short. And, like, to the average person, you're like, four years, that's fine. You just extend them. Well, you know, year two didn't go so well. Year one went excellent. So now you're sitting here in that year three going like, I don't know, is this guy the right guy? I, I don't think Kevin O'Connell's job is in jeopardy, like, unless, like, he just turns into – Matt Patricia or something like the Matt Patricia, the offense or, or, you know, my system is whatever. Nick Mullins can throw 10 interceptions, but he's got 500 yards passing. Like that would be the only scenario I would think, but it's going to come down to the quarterback position. If they botch this, like they they're gone and there's a new regime. So, I mean, they have to be very delicate. And I think I, like I said, I think the best of both worlds is getting one of the top three quarterbacks and Kirk cousins. I don't know how much of a reality that will be, but we're going to find out in the next couple of months.
3: Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is the cousin's decision has to be made before the draft, right? So we, 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 we will know going into that night, um, kind of where we are sitting. And I think that will hinge a lot on what we do on that fateful April night.
2: And, uh, yeah, that, that will be another
3: fun. Where is the draft this year? That's a good question. No. I don't know. Uh, that's one thing that's off my radar. I,
2: I don't know, but uh,
3: I love that they're putting it places yeah. now. Like, that's fantastic.
2: Right. And, and that's super fun. I remember uh, it was in Kansas City in front of the show, Marissa Voss actually went down to cover it for heard at sports. And my uh, co-editor at the re- register actually went down as well. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of weird. Like we're going to go down and watch them renames and like, Oh, okay. But I, I mean, going down there, maybe seeing the atmosphere. I remember when I was in Nashville a couple of years ago, and like Broadway is just like packed like shoulder to shoulder. And I thought about like two things. One, how do I get a beer? And two, how do I go to the bath? Because it seemed like both were kind of thing, but maybe I just don't like fun. I don't Detroit. know.
3: I just looked it up. It's in Detroit this Detroit. year. So they're going to be coming off their first playoff yeah. uh, appearance in Detroit. Uh, but if it was in Minnesota, hell yeah, I'd go down there. I'd be, I'd be there. Oh yeah. I'm the nerd that loves watching like day three. Like, oh, I've heard of that guy. I love college football. So I, I'd be there in a heartbeat to watch them read names and cheer really loud or boo when they don't take the guy I want. That sounds like a ton of fun.
2: As I was the idiot who stood up off my couch saying, Dwayne McBride, they got Dwayne McBride holding hey, shit that's an awesome squad, dick. they
3: signed him to a futures contract. It's not over yet. It's not the, the Dwayne McBride experiment could boom next year, maybe it was just a year behind.
2: Starter level grade. That's <laughs> uh that's the uh thing that sticks on my head. Hey, speaking of the draft, speaking of free agency, speaking of the offseason, speaking of the running back position, we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk about the 2024 season and the off season ahead. You know, we've done a lot of talk about the things that went wrong last year. And honestly, like I'm kind of I got all my screaming out on Monday's episode because that was kind of just a mostly charged thing. I guess in your opinion, what was some of the positive things that came out of last year's season? I mean, injuries hit this team.
3: Like it was just one of those years where it felt like we were, we were kind of behind the eight ball to begin with. So a lot of young guys got some playing time, uh, loved the improvement. I mean, I still think there are holes in the defense, but I think you got a starting linebacker. And I, Pace Jr. Love the way that guy plays. Uh, some of your young kids in the secondary get, get a nice uh, piece of experience. Uh, I think Makai Blackman has a chance to be someone who contributes in the future. Um, you know, I think Jordan Addison, you know, had a really sneaky, good rookie year as well. Uh, in terms of like a legitimate number two slash potential fringe number one type of guy, I thought the offensive line played pretty well. Um, my feelings a year ago on our center, Garrett Bradbury, versus how they feel now—like he felt like he held up better this year uh, than he had in in the past—and um, and I just thought that, you know to be competitive, where it felt like every week that was hey, you're starting wide receiver, you're starting tight end, you're starting quarterback, you know, your big free agent signing, Marcus Davenport is out. And, like, they legitimately were still in games. It came down to the quarterback play, to be honest with you. Like, this team had a lot to build on when you look back and go, hey, we played, like, 7 million quarterbacks, and we still, like, had a chance to make the playoffs. That tells you that other spots on the roster have some depth and got some good experience.
2: Like, I know Nick Mullins threw like, what, 10 interceptions, but he also, he threw for 400 yards twice, I believe, and uh, had another 300-yard game. So, like, when people talk about, oh, my God, it was so bad without Kirk, it's like, well, actually, you just turned down on your turnovers and you're fine. Like, that's the thing that was the story of the year. You said injuries turnovers were mm-hmm. another thing because i think they had what 32 33 like it was a lot of turnovers and i mean when you're averaging about two per game that'll sink your ship <laughs> pretty quick no pun intended since they're the viking um you hit it on in a little bit but i'll kind of piggyback off of it i think the best part of the 2024 season excuse me 2023 season was the rookie class uh jordan addison You know, some people are putting out their all-rookie teams and, like, they're picking Zay Flowers and uh, I can't remember who is it. Apuka Nakua, who deserves, you know, some credit there. But, I mean, Jordan Addison's season was awesome. Like that, that is exactly what you want from a first round pick. He had 10 touchdowns. If Kirk Cousins is healthy, there's that word, there's that phrase again, but I think he hits a thousand yards and there's only two receivers in Vikings history that have done that and their name are Justin Jefferson and Randy Moss. So I think that he's a star moving forward. He's part of that core, uh, Makai Blackman. I don't think he's going to be sauce Gardner or anything, but he's a very good cornerback that you can plug in. You can start him. Even if, you know, you do find a sauce gardener or somebody else with a little bit more uh, performance on the field, that guy becomes a solid depth piece. And that is something that was lacking in the cornerback room. Ivan Pace Jr. As well, stud, like that, that find was probably one of the best of the season. And then you have other guys too, that could step up like Jay Ward. I don't know if he has a bigger role next year. Uh, they might need a safety if Harrison Smith retires Jaquell and Roy he could step up on that defensive line because they got to spend their money elsewhere. And then, you know, like you said, I don't think it's impossible that Dwayne McBride is just going to fade off. They might need him at some point. They might plug him in. Maybe he shows up to training camp last year. I mean, I remember, you know, a year ago, Kyron Williams was an afterthought to everyone because he didn't. He didn't play that much for the Rams. This year he gets on the field and he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. So I'm not saying that Dwayne McBride's going to turn into Kyron Williams. I would love for that to happen. But if you're going to do this competitive rebuild thing that they talk about, You better have draft classes like this because that's how you afford a quarterback like Kirk Cousins if you're hellbent on bringing him back.
3: Yeah, and I joke about McBride, but if there is one position where people do the roller coaster of like boom or bust year to year, it's the running back position, right? Like where did this guy come from? Oh, he's been a practice squad guy cut three times by other like we joke about it, but McBride could very well go out and be you know, a, a contributing factor to, to some team next year. Cause that's how the running back wor- works, um, which is crazy. So uh, it's like half a half Yeah, Ty Chandler didn't yeah, play, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. Like Ty Chandler was an afterthought too. And like, I mean, he didn't have a great season, but yeah. he found his way on the field. Yeah, and one
3: more success, like Josh Metellus, that guy was another guy that I absolutely fell in love with this year. The Swiss army knife, like you know, pretty low regarded, you know, lowly drafted guy who has just turned into this anything and everything you need making plays all the time. Um, really cool to see him succeed, not just succeed, but excel this year as well.
2: So I i, I mean, really, I don't, I don't have it. I mean, maybe you could say TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I, I know his season ended uh with a shredded knee, but I mean he became one of the top tight ends in the league. Daniel Hunter's bounce back, that's another good thing, but it also has that cloud with what are they gonna do with the contract? Like, I don't know. We like I said, we said so many negative things the other day where it's just kind of like, Okay, let, let's let's figure something else, let's remain positive, let's do some things here, and that's why. I wanted to say a couple of positive things before we get into <laughs> what needs to be fixed with this team, because in my mind, there's a lot. It's not just as simple as, Oh, we're going to have better luck and a better draft class and everything else. It's somewhere in the middle. So what is one thing that you think the Vikings absolutely have to correct this offseason?
3: Well, when you're looking at, you know, the offense, there's playmakers and top 10 guys everywhere. I mean, you have two, you know, probably, well, Justin Jefferson is top two, top three receiver. Addison's in the top 25 for receivers, in my opinion. Hawkinson, you got two tackles that are good. Like, what is the thing that held this offensive back? You mentioned it, the running game. That has to be fixed, whether it's scheme, whether it's commitment, whether it's just getting some different players in there. Um, You have to find a way to get more out of your running game uh, in some way. Uh, And then for me, it's it's cornerback, right? Like I know we got pretty, pretty low on that depth chart this year. And I know some injuries, you know, Murphy was was solid, um, but it just showed kind of the drop off after him. Um, And so for me, getting a little bit more depth in that secondary um, is, is
2: big for me as well. I think my number one thing is the running. And I mean, a lot of people talk like, oh, running backs don't matter. You can just go get one from the community college and plug them in. And, you know, one year you can have a good year. The next year you can have a bad year. Okay. Running backs don't matter until you can't run the football because that becomes a problem. Then you have what the Vikings experienced this year where you're chucking the ball around you know, 40, 50 times a game and Nick Mullins is throwing interceptions left and right because that's the only way you can move the football. Um, Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler both had a 45% success rate according to pro football reference. That's defined as I believe it's 40% of yards on first down, 50% on second down and 60 on third, something like that. But um, basically you got to get what I, I actually would be a hundred percent of yards on first set. I think it's 60, 60 80, a hundred or something. I, I'll have to look it up as I'm talking here because I forgot to put it on the outline, but you know, the biggest issue for the Vikings was finding a guy that could get yards after contact. Ty Chandler only had 2.8 yards per carry last year. Alexander Madison, 2.7. That was about the middle of the pack as running back. And I don't know if you can find a better run blocking guard, Uh, Dalton Reisner was very good in pass protection, but he just couldn't move anybody. That was kind of the theme for the entire offensive line. Like they didn't move guys. They just more stopped them in their tracks, which is something that is good because that's what Kevin O'Connell wants. But I think you go into the draft and you find another running back. I'm not advocating going and signing Saquon Barkley. I'm not going and advocating to sign Josh Jacobs. Like there's a lot of free agent running backs, but. You got a guy like Notre Dame's Audric Este I, I I don't know how to pronounce his <laughs> name. So you'll have to uh maybe if I do this as a social, I'll have to look it up and re-record it. But uh USC's Marshawn Lloyd, uh former gopher great Bucky Irving is also in the draft this year. All those guys are around four yards after contact per carry. So if I'm Kevin O'Connell who when he was asked about this, he started talking about the passing game. Yeah, I get it. You want to throw the ball. You want to chuck it all over the yard. That's totally fine. But you have to be able to run the ball because it shoes clock. It makes life easier for your quarterback, especially if you have a rookie quarterback. And, and it just needs to be fixed because there, there was a lot that went wrong on the ground game.
3: Yeah, I, I want them to do a couple of things. You know, I want them to go sign a reliable veteran, mid-tier, like veteran, someone that's proved it a little bit. I want them to draft, you know, in that four, you know, that fourth, fifth, that type of round. Um, and I want them just to bring in a bunch of guys that no one is guaranteed anything. And you just, you, you put everyone in the same position saying, hey, we're gonna we're going to take three of you out of this camp. I don't care if you're our starting running back last year at cough, cough, Alexander Madison. You know, I, I, I you got to earn it and, and we got to figure out what went wrong. If it's scheme, if if it is guys and get them out of here, get some new guys in here. But I think if we can at least be competent, then I think it takes everything else to another level because our passing game can be elite if, if we can provide just even a minor Uh, hindrance of a threat of a running game and so I do I think you have to spend some capital I think you got to spend a little bit of money on it not the bank I don't want them to go you know like you said to get to get someone really expensive but I think you can't just go in going we're gonna try this again they're gonna learn from their mistakes I think you got to bring in something else
2: yeah I don't think it's worth it even to sign Saquon Barkley to a two-year deal Mm -hmm. I mean it'd be fun It'd be a lot of fun. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think the biggest farce of last season was when they were sitting down with Alexander Madison before the season, and they're just like, "How many touchdowns you gonna score, Alex?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, I don't really follow that stuff. Like, that guy was not ready to be a starting running back. Like, nothing against the guy. Like, I- I'm not saying anything, but I mean, they gave him a career low in carries last or uh, two years ago." Like th- there were warning signs all over the place, and the Vikings just forged ahead. Like this is our starting running back. Uh, you don't want to use Cam Akers? No, we don't want to use. We traded for Cam Akers, but that means nothing. Well, what about Ty Chandler? He- no, Alexander Madison. More carries. Just like this isn't working. This this never was going to work. And. I mean, if they just kind of la da and, well, we'll fix the line or whatever, it's not the real problem. You need a guy with some burst and a guy that knows what he's doing because Ty Chandler, I know he's got decent numbers. I know he probably helped some fantasy teams out there. There were times he was going the wrong way. He was missing blitz pickups. Like, that's why he didn't play. So dive into that market one more time and try and come up with a solution.
3: Yep, 100%. And I need someone who can gain a yard. Like I've never been more frustrated with a team that couldn't, like it it was anything under two yards and I'm like, well, we're punting. Like, and then you you, you flip it and (laughs) almost every other team, it's like, ah, third and two. It's like, oh man, we almost, we should have stopped them a little bit further. Like, all right, they're just going to move the chains on us. Like so bad in those short yard situations. Um, And so we got to fix that in some way feels like it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a cleaning of the house. Let's get some new names. in. can't be any worse. <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the tush push. Like use uh, Brandon Powell back there as the bulldozer and see how that happens. <laughs> hey, before we kind of go off the rails here, I, I just want to ask one last opinion. You know, looking ahead, we don't know anything about the playoffs. We don't, or excuse me, we don't know anything about the offseason or any of that. Do you see the Vikings getting back to the playoffs next year? Or are we kind of do for a step back?
3: I think if you sign Kirk Cousins, this is very firmly a team that's in the playoff mix. I think they have a chance to win the division. I mean, I think Detroit and Green Bay are good. I think the division is has gotten better. But I think with a healthy Kirk Cousins, a healthy Justin Jefferson, I think this team is in the mix there. So yes, I think if you bring back Kirk and Cousins, you are you, I think your your top end ceiling is a division championship um and you know a second round playoff exit now if that's what you want you know Kirk Cousins is your guy um if you're willing to take a step back to try to get further than that then then i think that's what you do but i think with Kirk Cousins they are they don't sign Kirk Cousins i think they're you know if they bring in some sort of veteran like halfway competent maybe a fringe but i don't see it without without number 8
2: that day. i am very interested to see how this offseason goes like, that's all I'll say right now. I mean, their schedule is good to do it. Their, you know, infrastructure is good to, even if Kurt doesn't come back, they can prop him up. But it's going to be a very interesting couple of months to see what this looks team looks like. And we're sitting here in like June or whatever. We can kind of look and get a better view, especially too when you got to consider what other teams are going to do. Like, are the Bears going to spend like crazy? Are they going to have Caleb Williams? Are they going to have Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator? Like. These are all questions that need to be answered. Um, so let's close things out here, obviously. Um, Nick, not a blogger, you're a fan just like me. Mm-hmm. So when we close this show out, um, we usually go to the world of professional wrestling, which, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> yeah. Um, Royal Rumble, end of the month. What are you thinking? Are you looking forward to it? Like, how is this uh, road to WrestleMania shaping up for you? Well, I just want to
3: say that the only reason I really come on, you know how, like, other certain podcasts pay their guests. For me, it's for this last five to ten minutes of wrestling talk is all the payment I need. I'm so stoked for this WrestleMania season. This WWE roster is more stacked than anything, any time that I can remember. And and so it always starts with the Rumble. The Rumble's my favorite pay-per-view every year anyway. I just love the match, Um, but there's so many good things going on and so many strong superstars um, that, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see who wins the Rumble. I'm excited to see who wins this fatal four-way, You know, throwing big-time superstars. That's how strong they are, that they can throw three high-level superstars, pull them out of the Rumble, put them in a secondary match kind of, and still feel like the Rumble has enough people where there's some intrigue there, Um, elimination chamber, then mania, like, hold on, like so many directions, the rocks flirting with us a little bit. Um, I got no clue this year where we're going to end up in April, which is super fun. And there's so many ways that it could go where I'd be like, that's cool. And that's what I think makes it super great for me is You can always kind of predict. Can't really predict right now uh, a whole lot of, of where there's going. Other than I think there's going to be an Uso versus Uso match. I think that's pretty much on the table, but but other than that, who knows?
2: Yeah, that seems to be locked in. There's not a lot like locked in like a couple of months ago. Everybody's like, well, they're going to have this and this and this and this. Then all of a sudden the rock shows up here. Like, okay, are we doing the rocket mania? Are we doing an elimination chamber in Australia and making that kind of a bigger show than normal? Like how are things going to play out here as someone who spent an egregious amount of money on a Royal Rumble ticket and will be going down there in two weeks. I'm genuinely excited, mainly because of the fact The Rock could show up at the end and just validate every penny of that ticket. Um, it, it's going to be fun. Like, this is always like, I, I don't know, like winner for me is like divided in two parts. Like, it starts in October right after Halloween, and you have your holidays, you have your Thanksgiving, you have your Christmas, days are getting shorter, days are getting darker, and then all of a sudden it just takes off. January, days are getting longer, you know, wrestling starting to ramp up, you have the playoffs, the Super Bowl, then you go into March Madness, which is always fun, then you go into... The Twins season, obviously, because the Vikings are done and the Wild are trash and I don't have a good Timberwolves hat. I need to fix that. Uh, I'm repping the Twins today. Hmm. And then, of course, you have WrestleMania, which is like the most exciting. What were you wearing? I got the
3: Timberwolves on today. Like it's you can can be proud to wear it now. So I got it. You were talking Timberwolves. I'm like my I just updated my gear over Christmas. So. (laughs)
2: i it's hard for them because i don't like their logo (laughs) like i i don't like their new color scheme or anything i have timberwolves jerseys in my closet but none of them are like the like normal jerseys like i have like and they're all anthony edwards by the way (laughs) i have uh i have the one that was like the black and the green with the stars on the side like his rookie year Mm -hmm. i have that one uh i have the uh kind of throwback one that they did for the 75th anniversary of the NBA. I have the other throwback one that was back to the Tom Gugliotta days, Christian Leitner. Uh, And then I also have, do I have one more? Oh yeah. I have a Georgia one. Okay. So Anthony Edwards college Jersey. Nice. So I have all of those, but yeah, I mean that just throws another log on the fire playoff basketball on top of the Vikings off season. Yeah. It's, I- I'm very excited for the spring. I'm excited. I mean, we just got the snow, but I'm excited for it to go away so we can just you know do all this stuff, do WrestleMania, do everything else. It's gonna be a fun time.
3: It just feels like there's always like something you're looking forward to, right? Like there's a bunch of these mini steps. It's like, oh, cool. I'm looking forward to the Rumble, and then it's the Chamber. Like it never just ends. It's like one thing after another. You get to one kind of checkpoint. And then you're like, oh, sweet, that's over. Now I've got two weeks to get excited for this and two weeks for this. And, you know, it's kind of nice, the wild, knowing how busy we're going to be, have decided to, like, eliminate themselves from our heartbreak calendar. So I appreciate that, that you've decided, you know what, you got a lot going on there, Nick and Chris. We're just going to bow out now so that we don't have to you don't have to worry about getting us on your schedule either
2: it should be like the christmas calendar like each one's just like you just (laughs) rip them out you rip off the wild page and everything else yeah that team is um the team is something else just you know night tonight you don't know if they're gonna show up hey we got a rookie goaltender well it's time for some hazing isn't it we're just gonna have them pull a firing (laughs) squad in front of our goaltender and see what happens um yeah. You got any more closing remarks or should we wrap this thing? Up? I don't. I think I'm
3: all, uh, Minnesota sports talked out today. Uh, that was fun. I appreciate you having me on.
2: Well, it's always fun having you on the show today, Nick, and that's all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Spread the word to the masses. And a friendly reminder, make sure you're following me on Twitter. Uh, Sorry, it's X now. I... Always get that mixed up, but uh doing stuff on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, all that cool stuff. You can follow me at the real Chris Shad. But for Nick Marty, I am Chris Shad, and this has been the Viking Age Podcast.